Hello, Richard Lane here with The Lancet Podcast for February the 17th. We've got a very special guest on this week's show. Here's my colleague, Faith McClellan, talking to... President Carter, you've been to Africa dozens of times. Is there something about this trip that has really stuck out for you? Well, the trip to Ethiopia has been special. We've also been to to Ghana and Sudan, and we're going from here to Nigeria. But I would say Ethiopia has been the most exciting part because we are seeing the results of years of of work here with uh, guinea worm. They've had zero cases of guinea worm since last July, for instance. Only had one case earlier last year. We have a very uh, broad-ranging program in the Amhara district, the origin of the Nile River, by the way, Mm -hmm. uh, in trachoma. You've seen in this area here the uh, treatment for uh, river blindness or onchocerciasis, very effective, and and the people know what to do, and they appreciate it, and and the results have been uh, almost perfect. And now we are embarking on malaria, which is the largest project in which the Carter Center has ever been involved. And and within the next uh, six months, by the end of July, uh, we'll have two long-term impregnated bed nets in every home in Ethiopia that has malaria mosquitoes, which is an enormous undertaking. And uh, everything that I've said is, is done, the work is done primarily by Ethiopians. They're the ones that set the priorities. They're the ones that, that work with us to, to evolve the techniques to be used, the procedures to be used, and they're the ones that carry out the work. Mm-hmm. The Carter Center helps in every way that uh, Prime Minister Mellis and the health ministers want us to do. Do you see the malaria program expanding on a vast scale or not? Well, it's vast just in Ethiopia alone. Mm-hmm. Ethiopia is the second largest nation in mm-hmm. Africa, second only to Nigeria, with approximately 80 million people. And 50 million of these people live in malaria endemic areas. So we'll, we'll cover the entire nation of Ethiopia. And I think because of the, of the vastness of the undertaking and the comprehensive nature of what we're doing, this will set an example for all the other countries to emulate. Uh, people in a country the size of Ghana or, or Mali or Burkina Faso or Niger and so forth uh, can observe what we've done. That, and, and maybe they can get, if the Carter Center can't partner with them, uh, then they can get another partner, maybe the Gates Foundation or, or some. And, uh, and, and, and one thing that it shows here is that, is that the World Fund, which provides an enormous the, numbers the of dollars, global, I mean the Global Fund, excuse mm-hmm. me, for, for malaria and, and um, t- tuberculosis and AIDS, uh, if they take the malaria part of that and combine with an outside donor that, that studies what the Carter Center is doing here with, with uh, Ethiopia, mm-hmm. then they can uh, eliminate the threat of malaria in their own country. Mm-hmm. People underestimate the, uh, the incidence of, uh, of malaria and the devastating cost of malaria. I, I remember when the, uh, when the tsunami hit uh, in, uh, in, in 12 countries in Asia, uh, they uh, delineated the number of people who died. And the, and the interesting thing was that in Africa, that many people die with malaria every month. Yeah. It, it's, it's, the statistics are overwhelming, but malaria has been around so long that people have kind of gotten, you know, inured mm-hmm. to its significance. Everybody talks about AIDS. And it's something I think it's very hard for Americans to understand. It is, yeah. yeah. At least many Americans remember, in ancient, at least as old as I am, remember <laughs> malaria. Yeah. And, uh, but it, 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 I think it's, it's good to remind people that in, in, in Ethiopia, as I've mentioned before in the talk, last year 130,000 people died with AIDS. More than twice that many, 270,000, died with malaria. Mm-hmm. 
and, and the vast sums of money are being poured into Africa, specifically for AIDS, which is very important. I'm not derogating that, but uh, an inadequate attention is being given to malaria. Thank you very much. Have a joy talking it. to you. Alrighty. Thank you very much. That was our North American senior editor, Faith McClellan, and former U.S. President Jimmy Carter, talking about the outreach work of the Carter Center in Ethiopia, specifically to do with prevention and treatment programs for river blindness and malaria. Our lead editorial this week is headlined, Cancer, Some Reasons to be Hopeful. I'm joined by my colleague, Rona MacDonald. Rona, this editorial does a few things. It's talking about a paper we're publishing in The Lancet this week relating to a paper in The Lancet Oncology, which I'll ask you more about in a moment, and also a general perspective of where we are in, in the world of cancer at the moment. Starting with the articles, Rona, what are the messages coming out here? I think with cancer, because it's such a powerful and emotive word that any uh, grounds for hope has to be a good thing. And this week The Lancet publishes a trial which shows that a drug in the class called aromatase inhibitors, uh, the drug's actually called dexamethasone. this improves survival of women who have breast cancer after they've been switched to it from tamoxifen. It's a modest improvement, but it is an improvement. But a paper we published simultaneously in the Lancet Oncology showed that dexamethasone could actually detrimentally affect bone mineral density, such as causing fractures. So that's obviously something that doctors need to take into account to tell their patients before they switch to them. But overall, it's a good thing. And in terms of other comments in the editorial, some other grounds for optimism, for example, reduction in cancer deaths in the United States. This is the second year in a row now, so it's not just a statistical fluke that the deaths from cancer in the US have actually been falling. And this is thought to be due mostly to screening and better treatment, so that's fantastic news. However, unfortunately, in Europe, a report just out last week showed that deaths from cancer in Europe are actually rising. But hopefully, again, with better screening and better treatment, they'll follow the U.S. pattern in a few years. Going back to the U.S., though, it's not all a rosy picture, is it? Because there's a bit of dark cloud over the funding issue. Unfortunately, the Bush administration, for the second year in a row, has cut the budget to cancer. Uh, this year, by almost 1%, which translates to US$36 million. US dollars. And unfortunately, it's the rarer cancers such as sarcomas and head and neck tumours that are going to be affected. So in statistical ca terms, of course, they're not as, as common as cancers like breast cancer and bowel cancer, but obviously it's tragic news for the people they affect. And in terms of the overall tone of the editorial, which I think is interesting, people out there generally rely so much on media reporting to do with cancer developments, and often it's very polarised, very black and white. There is a point here, though, about setting expectations at a realistic level and moving forward in slow steps rather than giant leaps. Absolutely right. I mean, every day the media reports potential cures for cancer. And again, cure is, you know, such a powerful word. But I think if we're going to get there, as I hope we will eventually, it's step forward in small incremental steps. And that's been realistic. And it's also being fair to patients, doctors, researchers and the public. Thanks very much, Rona. And thank you all for listening. See you next week.